Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Good morning, and thank you for the warm welcome. I'm going to uh, we're, I'm going to move over there for the message, but I want to give you a quick update and uh, a big thank you for your prayers and your support of AFLC World Missions. I know as a congregation you are very mission-minded, and uh, I love to hear uh, stories of mission trips. I know some of the Quanbecks and some of the others have been on mission trips, not just with the AFLC. And I have a fun connection there, too, with uh, even the Finstrom connection. We have been involved far before AFLC World Missions with a, a mission group over in Hungary in the Budapest area. So AFLC missions are not the only place the Lord is working. And I encourage you to just continue in prayer and support on uh, all the various ministries where God's word uh, goes forth. But for this time, I do want to just uh, thank you for allowing us to come this morning. And it's good to be here. Uh, I have not been... Uh, I had not brought a message to the congregation probably in 28 years. It seems like a long time ago. We were in this little building across the street over here. So, um, yeah, it looks a little different now than it did back then. But visiting, even, I believe John and Ruby Abel were there in the Finstroms. And so it was, uh, it's great to be back with your fellowship. I've always loved the name of your congregation. He is coming, right? Maranatha. I just love that. So with the time being short of uh, the God's grace, we want to take advantage, uh, and missions helps us do that, doesn't it, as we go. So as we think of AFLC World Missions, I'm going to use this just to guide us where we're going. Here's a greeting, a welcome, thank you from our family. Uh, Joan is with me, our other children are around in various places, not so far away. Elika and Terry at the left, Terry, our daughter-in-law, uh, little guy Ethan and Elika, they live in a faraway place called Fargo, uh, working with John Deere. Uh, and then Joan and I in the middle. Daniel is behind Joan, and he's out in Edgeley, uh, North Dakota, working with some crop consulting uh, uh, central out of Twin Valley, I guess. And then uh, Christina in the front row, she's actually living in a faraway place also called Fargo, going to Moorhead State. So um, graduate, a virtual graduate of our Bible college, Bible school last year. So uh, they, they virtually graduated, right? I was a strange year with COVID. And then Caleb on the left, uh, and he is our, our third of three sons, and he is down at Iowa State University studying construction engineering. So grateful for our family, and as we're serving, uh, as we travel around, it's hard to keep track of where our kids are and where we are, uh, and so please pray for us too. Uh, also with AFLC World Missions, Journey Missions, John and Heidi Nelson, John is the director uh, the department head of Journey Missions, and they're the ones responsible for uh, sending mission trips and lining these things up. You can see a list there, and I just want to encourage you to go to our website. If you are looking for a mission trip and you want to stay within the AFLC, Journey Missions, John Nelson can help you with that. Uh, I want to start with uh, Uganda. We're going to maybe lose a little bit off the screen here, but Uganda, Nate and Rhoda Jory. Uh, we have four missionary families in Uganda. The Joris are the only ones there now because of COVID. But they've been there for 14 years. So Nate and Rhoda Jory, pray for them. We also have the Burgers who have left Uganda for medical reasons. They're in Amsterdam living with Fompka's family. 
Uh, they adopted a girl in the middle there, Naomi. It was her birthday just the other day. She turned 10 years old. And they are, are taking a, a leave from AFLC World Missions uh, f- to recover uh, health reasons and things like that. Lyme's disease is one of the big ones that Micah has been struggling with. So pray for the burgers. Maybe you've maybe read of their financial need and uh, just aren't able to get home to do deputation. So we're trying to help them out as much as we can, the burger family. And then Michael Rokenbrut, he's a real uh, enthusiast for drama. And uh, he is able to bring God's word to life, Bible memory, and he works with our Ambassador Institute in Uganda. He's studying at our Free Lutheran Seminary this fall and possibly into the spring. He, he has about a seven-year plan to complete seminary and uh, help with church planting also then over in Uganda as he goes back. Uh, Brent and Emily Ron. Emily spoke at the WMF rally for the Minneapolis district uh, yesterday. But Brent and Emily are on the road here home uh, on furlough, and they are looking to go back to Uganda and be involved with church planting up in the northern part of Uganda. So pray for Brent and Emily. We also have, uh, this is just a picture of Ambassador Institute, one of the teachers. uh, The Ambassador Institute curriculum teaches uh, the parables of Jesus and uh, Romans and a lot of different scriptures uh, orally. So I would teach it to you, and you would teach it to the people around you and your neighbors, and you go back. Uh, And Ambassador Institute class has been very successful in Uganda and in India. Uh, Uganda is is outreaching, and we're trying to encourage it to morph into a church planting movement. It's difficult. Uh, So pray for our work in Uganda uh, as we seek to plant churches with Ambassador Institute. India, however, it's used the other way. The churches that are already in India use Ambassador Institute as outreach and discipleship. And so we, it can be used both ways. And this is the, the board of directors in India. Uh, Del Palmer and I are standing in the middle. We're the guys with the white feet. The others are, are nationals. Um, but a uh, wonderful group of, of men that love the Lord, have a clear testimony, and uh, pray for our brothers and sisters uh, over in India. Here's one of the classes. Just a simple structure. That, that's the building. That's it. You've got it. You come in the front door, you go out the back door. That's the building. Uh, and they teach God's word, and it's exciting to see them learning Uh, This is another one of the churches where Joan and I visited, and young people everywhere in India. One of the verses of the hymns we sang of, um, maybe the second hymn, talked about all the nations. And I I pictured all the great nations of the world might come to the truth of God. And and I think of the great nation of India. I think of these nations that with these tremendous populations, there are believers and we thank, look at all those young men that uh, some of them tell us they want to be pastors. And uh, it's wonderful to visit with them too. I love this sign, probably because I can read it. Uh, he is risen. This was in May of last year. And outside of a church being built, one of our AFLC congregations in India, simple structure behind it. But just the boldness, I love that. He is risen. They want the neighborhood to know that's what we're going to be teaching in this church. And we want to invite you to come with us. There's some, uh, a gathering of gospel meetings in India, still able to do that, uh, open-air meetings. And praise the Lord that people would gather starting at, you know, 7 in the evening, 9, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And, you know, it's not quite that way here, is it? Pray for India, please. There are 56 AFLC congregations of India and pastors, and I uh, just want to remind you of that need to pray for them. Here's the, the orphans. Uh, the Miriam, or not the Miriam, sorry, that's Brazil. The Horeb home 
in India. And I've asked Joan to come and just share a couple words to get to meet her as well. So my wife, Joan, and uh, she works specifically with the Horeb Home and the sponsors for the Horeb Home children. Good morning. It is so good to be here together with you, with my home area. It's just so wonderful. Thank you for being here. Um, we were able to be in India in January, this last January, right when there was just small whisperings of this virus going on. And we were able to be in India. And it was a great joy to be there together, fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in our AFLC congregations there. And while we were there, we were able to be with our Horeb children. We have a wonderful program there in, in India where we can sponsor our own AFLC uh, needy children. And they come from poor families. Some of them are orphaned. Some of them have um, maybe one dad, one mom, where parent, another parent has died. So we have a program where we sponsor, we can, you can sponsor one of these children, and these children are from our own AFLC India congregations, and here are several of them. And so you're, it's $40 a month, and this money goes to help for education, for medical needs, dental needs, uh, school needs. It, they get a Christmas outfit, they get a birthday outfit, they get birthday cake, they get birthday treats. And when we were there in January, we were able to help distribute their Christmas outfits. And so they would get an outfit like what they are wearing there. And they, it was just such a joy to see their faces smiling. And I said, is that color okay? Is it okay? And they just smiled so big. And they said, yes. They just were so happy to get a new outfit. And the boys got jeans and a button-up shirt. The girls got their uh, Punjabis, they're called. And so it was a great joy to be there and to see them. They're real people. They're real needs there. And so if you are interested in sponsoring one of our children, I invite you to come talk to me. I have a, pro, a brochure to give to you and a uh, sign-up sheet. So thank you so much for your support for our AFLC mission, mission work. And it's, I wish I could take you all with us see the mission work that's going on. It's just a great honor. So thank you very much. Uh, we'll be hopefully around afterwards at the table. And we, I better mention right now, too, there are some materials on the table. The pictures of the mission fields are all listed in what's called our family album. And you can read about each of the, the individuals. Uh, there's a bookmark or two. A uh, couple other mission fields to go over. Um, do I have to point this a certain direction here? We're not, uh, there we go. Uh, Brazil, our oldest mission field. You'll be learning about this in Sunday school if you're able to stay afterwards. Uh, we have Jonathan and Tamba in the middle group there, and then Paul and Becky on the outside of the four. Uh, they've been in the, uh, our mission field, the longest of our missionaries. Uh, pray for them. They, they have challenges just like everyone else. Paul and Becky just returned after a year, a little over a year of being here in the States. And especially, I think I can say this, they would appreciate this, that the Abels being the longest on the field, you would think they would have the easiest time raising support, but they really don't because their early supporters have gone home to be with the Lord. So it's kind of interesting, and we notice this, it's maybe not so exciting to, or we don't think they have a need as much as the younger ones, but both the Abel families do have tremendous needs on the mission field, and we'd like them to stay on the mission field until they wear out or the Lord calls them home. You know, we don't want to say it's, you have to retire. And uh, they don't want to either. They want to keep going. Jonathan tells me, he says, yeah, we're getting retirement age, but we might have one more church plant in us. 
you know, and four or five churches that he's planted. Uh, and uh, just so grateful for the Abel family. Uh, also in Brazil, we have uh, the John Lee family, John and Hannah Lee. They're home on deputation. He's going to teach at our seminary. Uh, they have a great financial need too. And, the, you know, most of all this is, is prayer need. Just pray that God would raise up people to get behind them uh, and support them. Uh, Johnny Sliver works with the children at the Miriam home. And uh, it's not only an orphanage, but it is a place where they've, uh, child services has come and said, can you... Can this child stay with you for a few weeks just to be safe? Sometimes that week turns into a year. And then sometimes there's adoptions that take place. So pray for Johnny. She has a wonderful servant spirit. And from, Sw- from Brazil, we go to Switzerland because there's a connection. Augusto at the Sudan, he grew up in the AFLC of Brazil, moved to Switzerland, and the church he was going to, the pastor left, and they said, Augusto, can you preach? That was three or four years ago. He's still preaching. They are AFLC of Switzerland, uh, have incorporated with World Missions as a partnership with Brazil, and they are asking for a full-time pastor. And so if you've got a pastor you can spare, you know, if it doesn't go so well next week at this pastor's appreciation thing, you know, Lloyd, there's always, there's always Geneva. But seriously, pray for, pray for Geneva. They are desiring to have an AFLC uh, congregation, free and living, and they have the congregation, they're desiring a full-time pastor. So Pastor Augusto uh, can concentrate on other things. His wife, he and Daisy, just wonderful. It's good to know how to speak French if you're going to be there too. So a little bit of language learning. Um, then we have Todd and Barb Shercoke down in Mexico. They've been there 20 years in Jerez, over 25 years now in Mexico. And Barb is in New Mexico waiting for her passport renewal, but Todd just went back last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. He's in Jerez, and pray for Todd and Barb as their ministry continues in Jerez, Mexico. Here's a picture of some of the ladies in Jerez. And also, I just want to mention this. This is not one of our missionaries, but Milton Flores is the pastor of the Central Mexican Lutheran Church. Uh, He was at seminary, maybe even with Lloyd, around those years. And I was at Bible school at the time, so I am younger than Lloyd. Yeah. And Pastor Milton, faithfully serving there, our Central Mexican Lutheran Church, great fellowship with the AFLC. Not one of our missionaries, but a a great partner ministry. And then uh, our newest mission field, uh, Paraguay. Matthew and Ednai Abel, a grandson uh, of John and Ruby Abel, and of course the son of Paul and Becky Abel. And uh, they are in Paraguay house hunting. They finished their language learning and they're moving to the central part of Paraguay to do some church planting. That is his heart, just like Grandpa John. And uh, just thrilled to be able to see them, encourage you to pray for them as well. And this is the uh, closing slide I like to use because we're reminded that the most thing we can do is pray. And you cannot possibly know everything, be involved, give and support everyone that I have just shown you But if the Lord has laid on your heart just one country, uh, one individual, one family, would you just take that as a prompting from the Lord? And just as you leave here today, maybe even now, even just write it down. Yeah, I want to pray for this. Pastor Cornyn mentioned this need. I want to pray for this. And that you would just be involved in one way, with one of our mission fields, to to lift them up in prayer. There are prayer cards for the mission fields, too, back on our table. encourage you to take one of those. And uh, again, thank you for your love as a congregation for missions and uh, for your welcome for us today. I'm going to be bringing a message on Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. So as I make my way to the pulpit, would you please turn to Luke 15, 1 through 10, and then please stand for the reading of God's Word. 
Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, reading in Jesus' name. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, the Maranatha congregation. Thank you for adding to their numbers uh, the, the new members today. What a joy to see that, Lord. You have blessed this congregation. You have blessed them with the word, and you have entrusted them with the gospel message to proclaim. We pray that you would use your word in such a way today to move our hearts to repentance, to move our hearts to, to revival, to, to grow closer to you, to care more about souls, to pray and to be involved in sharing the gospel with others. We pray that you would open our eyes now to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we consider Luke chapter 15, 1 through 10, uh, some have called this the lost chapter of the Bible. It's kind of intriguing, isn't it? In fact, you could take that this next week and say, have you ever heard of the lost chapter of the Bible? It's Luke 15, because, not because it's missing, but because there's lost things in the chapter. There's what? A lost coin, a lost sheep, and there's a lost son or two. The prodigal son parable is next. I, I, I stopped just short of that. But the lost chapter, what is it that's lost? It's people that are lost, souls that are lost, people that are perishing, do we still believe that without Jesus, people go to hell, that there is a, a judgment coming? Yes. That's what it means to be lost. And that's why there's such joy in heaven over just one sinner who repents. Jesus says in Luke 19.10 that the Son of Man has come to do what? To seek and to save the lost. Yes. That is what this, these parables are about. And I hope this morning that you can see, I call this three convincing examples, three convincing examples to, to show us that Jesus cares about each and every soul. Everyone individually is important. There's three examples for us here. The, they're in your outline as well, and I didn't bring with me the outline, but I know there's some blanks in there. I think I know what they are. But as we consider the theme this morning, it's, it's Jesus' cause is to seek and to save the lost. And really, that should be our cause. I pray that this is a challenge, that if you don't know Jesus today as your personal Savior, if you don't know for sure if you're saved, that you would be challenged to that and say, you know what, there's a joy in heaven if I would repent because Jesus wants to save me, and you'd come to faith in him. But if you know Jesus, I pray that you'd be moved to care more about souls who don't. So we think of the mission field, that's easy to, to think of lost souls out there. But when you think 
here at home, there's, there's lost souls in our communities, in our families. And I pray that you would take another step in praying and reaching out to those people as well. We live in a day and age where everyone, just there's masses of people in the news, aren't there? There's rioting and there's political rallies and it's just masses of people. And, and so we get conditioned to think of humanity as just a mass of people. But this text has a wonderful way of bringing things back home to saying, don't forget about the one next to you. Don't forget about the one you can reach. Don't forget to pray for the ones that our missionaries are, are reaching on the mission field. The first example comes from verses 8 through 10. I, I'm going to go backwards here for us. There's a missing item, isn't there? When one in 10 is lost, Jesus has a cause. Well, of course, that's 10% is missing. That's a lot to be missing. Uh, but this one coin that is missing must have a spiritual meaning. Uh, there, there's not an incredible amount of value in one coin, a silver coin of the day was thought to, well, it's, it's understood to be worth about a day's wage. So if I have this coin here and it's worth a day's wage, if I lose it, it's valuable. But this coin seems to be more than just a day's wage. There's something more valuable. Archaeologists, historians tell us it may be referring to a part of the headdress, the wedding headdress of the bride. Or if she's not married, maybe it's part of the dowry she was saving up. There's something so important that when she has lost that one coin, she lights a lamp, she sweeps. It sounds like she puts the, her whole life on hold. It's worth more than just a day's wage. And then when she finds it, she calls her friends and family together, her neighbors, and says, rejoice with me. That coin is valuable, and there is a heavenly meaning to this earthly story Every soul is valuable. I believe that's what this is teaching. Jesus is teaching these so we see the value of every soul. And I think of also with this coin. Could it be that the coin is helpless? If I were to drop this coin on the floor, and it's a quarter. This one happens to be a quarter. I could name it George. How long would, it, would I wait for that coin to come back to me? I could call it by name, George, come here, you know, this sort of thing. George, the lost coin, is not going to return to me. It's helpless. Could Jesus be teaching us, reminding us, that souls are helpless without him? Absolutely. The third, meaning to the third article, we learn this in confirmation, I, cannot, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has enlightened me and, and given me that he called me through the gospel the Word of God. This is what people are without Christ, without the witness of a, a Christian witness, without the Word of God. We're helpless. So as we go to the world, we bring the Word of God with us. And as we minister here in Glendon, Dilworth, Fargo, Moorhead area, Clay County, we, we have the Word of God with us. It's all we need. And we pray that God would use that word. I love that text in, in Romans 10 that was read earlier too, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How will they hear unless they're sent? Oh, you're valuable, so Jesus is seeking you, and you are helpless, so Jesus is seeking to save the lost. Our next convincing example is verses 4 through 7, or 3 through 10, when one in a hundred is lost. Jesus has a cause. Now, that's just 1%, right? Maybe you see why I'm going backwards with this. It's getting smaller and smaller. 
But as we think of 1% being missing, that, that one sheep that's missing, the 90 and 9 are safe, but there's one missing. What can we learn about this one individually? This one individual. Well, letter A, because you're vulnerable, Jesus seeks you. Yes, you're valuable, but this one teaches us we are vulnerable. Sheep are vulnerable. How many times does Jesus talk about that? Like, as sheep, watch out for the wolves and, and the false teachers. The understood answer to verse 4, that what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one, doesn't leave the 99 in the open pasture where they're safe and go after it? What's the answer? Well, every one of us would do that. Jesus says, that's what I do. I go after that one. They're vulnerable. Uh, when we were in our congregation in Geneva, Switzerland, the AFLC congregation, uh, they have an evening service. They use a church that's also used by another Lutheran congregation. And in the prayer time, this one young man said, please pray for my brother because he's starting to hang around the, the wrong group of friends. They're, they're drawing him away from the things of the Lord. It, you see, those situations don't just happen here. We, we all know of vulnerable people. We are vulnerable. We need this right here. We need face-to-face, -face, uh, Lord willing, one day hugging relationships with people again and handshaking and we need to be together because we're vulnerable left on our own. We, we, we think we're alone. And I can tell you and I can assure you that in congregations around the country and the world, people are gathering under the Word of God today. You are not alone. And if you're lost from the flock, Jesus cares about you. Your spiritual life, certainly, and your, your life of growth as well. You need worship. Oh, there's so much of this in the mission field. I, I was visiting with uh, Todd Shercoke just before he left last week to go back to Mexico. And, and he was just concerned about all the souls under his care and how they've done since he's been home for the last six, eight, nine months because of COVID. Wants to go back and check on each one of those. How are they doing? Are they staying connected with the word? A lot of online things going on, but it's not the same. You know this. <laughs> We're vulnerable. We need each other, and Jesus seeks us. You know, the, the vulnerable souls, all of us, we're, we're just like those sheep that can fall in a crevice and die of dehydration, starvation. We can fall over a, a precipice and gash ourselves on the rocks. We can be taken by a thief and a robber. The sheep would be stolen away. The wolf could devour. We are vulnerable. We need one another. Let her be, though, because you are lost, Jesus seeks you. Why do I have this in here? Well, maybe there's someone here today that says, you know, I'm not lost. I know where I am. I'm just fine. I have my life all in order. I would caution you to think more of what Jesus says. Uh, the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53, 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has gone to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all, our sin, to fall on him. A prophecy of what Jesus would do. Your sin does not need to, be, does not need to remain your sin, for Jesus invites you to repent of your sin and turn it over to him. And he will take away your sin, cleanse you, make you as white as snow. But because people are lost, then we have a mission. This is our cause. And do we know that people are lost? Do we really think of it enough? Now, I don't encourage you to think, 
of numbers and numbers and just be discouraged every day that the world is so lost and that's why I have to do this. No, think there's one lost I know and I know Jesus cares about that one. Think of one soul at a time. And that's the way mission work goes forward. That's the way congregational work goes forward. That's why one-on-one is so important in sharing your faith with people, sharing the gospel, inviting them to church. When one in a hundred is lost, Jesus still has a cause to seek that one. And then finally, we're going to go back up to verses 1 and 2. Now, you may not see a number there. Maybe some of you have already tried to find out what this number could be. When one in something is lost, well, let's look at it together. Verse 1, now all the tax collectors, how many is that? And the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. How many people are we talking? Well, I'm going to take that as a, a, a good illustration of the entire world. All the tax collectors and all the sinners. <laughs> How many people in the world? The last count that I could find was 7.7 billion. So that's, you, don't, don't, you don't have to write out all the zeros, but in my outline I put 7.7 billion with a capital B. When one in 7.7 billion is lost, Jesus still has a cause. Do we believe that Jesus cares about every one? I believe that. When the sinners and the tax collectors were coming near, then the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So, verse 3, Jesus told this parable. That's the reason for the parables, to remind us that he cares about the one. Who's making the complaint here? It's the religious people. Because you are religious, you may still be lost. Maybe you're like me. You kind of cringe when you hear that word religious. I don't like being called a religious person. But by the world's definition, your presence in this sanctuary this morning, you'd be called a religious person. And, and it's true. Religion is all the things we do outwardly, isn't it? It's not really pure religion. And that's not relationship with Jesus. That's not a living relationship with our Lord. But these outward things the world looks at, we have to be careful for that because we're religious. We could still be lost. Being in church doesn't mean we're not the one that's lost. We are at a risk of convincing ourselves that merely by doing the outward things, we're in the fold, that we're okay. But really the message of Scripture is he who has the Son has life. Not just he who comes to church or joins a church, as great as that is. It's a heart issue, isn't it? So let's be aware of that as well. On the mission field, this is a, a constant problem that people just want to be a part of the church. A lot of times it's to get something, honestly. That's a constant struggle. Pray for our missionaries that they could discern whether someone is interested in biblical things just because they think they could get some free stuff. Well, that's a hard thing on the mission field. Pray for our missionaries. They have to have hearts of compassion and then great discernment of how to not just have this outward um, benefits to being a part of the congregation. Oh, we need to be careful that we're not just religious. And because you're a sinner, let her be, Jesus invites you to listen to him. What is it, what's the qualification to come to Jesus? You only have to be a sinner. You're a sinner, and Jesus says, come and listen to me. Notice when those tax collectors and sinners were coming near, they were coming near for a reason. They wanted to listen to Jesus. Oh, what a great opportunity we have to invite people to worship, invite people to Bible studies, invite people to youth group to come and hear and listen.
for the very reason they would hear the word of God, they could hear the truth. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, Romans 10, 13. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. And then finally, because you've heard the gospel, even this morning, because you've heard the gospel that you're a sinner and you need Jesus, you may have the opportunity to repent. And this is the message. I hope you see the parallel. This is the message of missions. When we bring the word of God to people, our missionaries bring that word of God, then there is that opportunity for repentance and faith. But until the word of God is brought to the nations, brought to our neighbors, brought to our family, that opportunity isn't there. How would we know what to trust in if we hadn't heard of Jesus? How would we know that we have a need except for God's word showing us that we're sinners and Jesus died for that sin? Oh, if you have a need today, I pray that you wouldn't leave here without taking care of that. The joy, joy, joy everywhere you see, it sounds like a children's song down in my heart, doesn't it? But each of these ends with there is more joy in heaven over one, there it is again, one sinner who repents. Not that a hundred repentant sinners wouldn't bring joy, but the, the point is there's, the 99 didn't need to repent. They already knew Jesus. But the one that needs Jesus brings joy to the Savior, joy and the rejoicing in heaven. Oh, consider how God can use you. If you are lost today, this may be your one opportunity to repent and trust Jesus. And if, if, you're, if you know Jesus already, would you turn that into a prayer request? Lord, help me to care about that one. And then, Lord, would you help maybe Todd and Barb Shercoke or Brent and Emily Ron, some of our other missionaries on the field, would you help them to reach that one, one at a time? Let's not be overwhelmed with the mass of humanity that needs Jesus, but let's say, Lord, just one at a time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the clear illustrations you've given in these parables, that you care about me. You care about everyone in the sanctuary. And you see each of us individually. We stand before you at judgment individually, not collectively as a congregation or a nation or a church body. But Lord, we need to know you personally. Move us to care, to pray, to be involved in this kingdom work. We thank you for your presence with us now and may this word bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.